0: Following is a podcast from Echo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Saturday at 6 PM and Sundays at 10 AM. For more info, check us out on Instagram at Echo.victory. What is up, Echo? Alright, you guys can do way better than that. How you guys feeling tonight? Oh, that's what I like to hear. Well, my name is Mariah Bagden, as Ben said, and I'm a Waymaker School of Ministry student here at Victory Family Church. I just want to say thank you so much for coming to be here with us. I truly believe that we have a crowd of world changers standing before me. Leaders, could we actually just give it up for these kids and students that are standing before us? Also, I just want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Ben and Alyssa. You guys have such amazing pastors and they love you so, so much. So let's give a hand for Pastor Ben and Alyssa. Well, I just want to welcome you here today. Maybe it's your first time here and you might be a little bit unsure about this whole Jesus thing, but... I just want to encourage you that you are family to us and you belong here. You see, we exist as a church to help all people realize that God loves them unconditionally. That means no conditions. So my prayer for you this, for, for tonight is that you would walk out of these doors with a greater understanding and a greater knowledge of the unconditional love that the Father has for you, 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 and you. Amen. I truly believe that God has something specific that he wants to say to you tonight. He sees your needs, he sees what you're going through, and he, and he has the answers. So are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Let's pray and get right into the message. You can bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this time, Lord. That is not a coincidence that they are sitting exactly where they're at, Father, that you have appointed this time to speak something specific to their hearts, Lord. I thank you so much if anybody's in this room right now who's feeling a little anxious, Lord, I speak to that right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask you that your peace would completely wash over them, that your Holy Spirit would just wrap yourself around them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Have you guys ever heard something over and over again, like one of your parents telling you a story? Have you guys been there? Maybe it was super, super funny, or maybe it was super impactful, but that's exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight, is stories that are worth repeating. But actually, I want to talk about a story real quick about that I've repeated a few times. So I have a little brother, his name's Aiden, and he is 12 years old, he's in sixth grade, so... Do I have any sixth graders in this room? Sixth graders, what's up? I know how you guys operate because I live with one. So he is obsessed with his phone, specifically TikTok. Do I have any TikTokers in the room? All right. I'm actually on TikTok as well. It's pretty addictive. What? Oh, wow. Okay. So he loves TikTok. He's always on his phone. But one day I hear a loud scream from upstairs. And I'm like, okay, what is it this time? I go up there and I hear him. He's just pacing the room and he's freaking out. And I can just see that on his face he's so scared. And I'm like, what's going on? He starts to explain to me that he lost his phone and he seriously cannot find it anywhere. And he's been looking for it for quite a while. So I try to calm him down and I'm like, all right. We're going to look for it, and we're going to find it. But I start to look for his phone, but I'm not having any luck either. So I myself start to get a little worried because, I mean, my mom bought the phone, so yikes. So I just told him, it's going to show up at some point. Let's just wait it out. So the next day, we hear a loud yell from upstairs, and it is my father. He says, Aiden, your phone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he found his phone. Thank God. So we go upstairs and we see my dad standing next to the washing machine with his phone and it is completely broken. Yeah, my parents weren't too happy about that one because he left it in his jeans and my dad washed his phone. So right away, you just look at his face and he is just completely angry, completely upset. He is dealing with all these emotions. So I start to to think, if a materialistic thing can automatically give us all these emotions when it's lost, what happens when we ourselves feel lost? You see, he was so frustrated, he was so upset over a phone, but what happens when we feel emotionally and spiritually lost ourselves? I know for a fact that there's some of you in this room who feel lost. Maybe you feel lost in your school. Maybe you feel lost in your friend group, like you can't fit in. But you see, what I love about the Bible is he knows that these things are going to occur. He knows that at a point in our life, we are going to feel lost. So you know what he does? He gives us the answer. So you see, one of his disciples, Luke, actually wrote a parable about being lost, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And it's so, so important for us to grasp this. So in the story, there were two sons, and the one younger son told his dad that he wanted his inheritance. If you would know what inheritance is, you usually get it after the father passes away. So basically what the son was saying is, dad, I don't want to wait for you to die, just give me the money, basically. I mean, it's kind of blunt, kind of rude. But surprisingly, the father actually decided to give both the sons his inheritance. And it says in Luke 15, 13, Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed off to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. So I asked myself, why did the son have to run off? He was just given exactly what he wanted. Why did he put a pause on his relationship with his father after he was given the inheritance? But you see, the son had a belief system that said, you're missing out. That if you go over here, you would be more fulfilled. You see, your father is restricting you from living an abundant life. That was his belief system. But I think we can relate, don't you think? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross, and when we received him, he has given us an inheritance. And you say, yeah, Father, I'm at your house, I receive you, Lord. But we look over here and popularity sounds a little bit more fun. Acceptance from those people seem a lot better than the acceptance from your Father. Trying to do whatever you can do to fit in seems a lot better than living at the father's house. You see, right away, we relate with this story because we create a belief system that says you're missing out. Do whatever you can do to try to fit in. So, let's continue. Let's see what happens when the, when the son leaves his father's house. Luke 15, 14 through 16, with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land, so he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him, sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was, he was willing to even eat the slop of the pigs, because no one would feed him a thing. No one would would feed him a thing. You see, he leaves his father's house and he thinks, this is what's gonna fulfill me. But now he's having a realization that, wait, what I thought I actually wanted isn't really what I wanted. You see, living for the world actually left him lost. Doing what sounded cool actually left him broken. It left him hurting. Can I ask you, is your Instagram making you feel insecure lately? Because I know it does. Has trying to fit in left you feeling a bit alone? Has trying to be popular left you feeling a little bit broken? Because you see, we try to go after what the world says is is the cool thing to do, what what sounds like an abundant life, but it actually is making us really lost. And how do I know that you're feeling like this? Because I'm human. I was in middle school once. I did everything that I could for somebody to accept me. I wanted people to notice me. I wanted their affirmation. I know what you guys are going through. I know what is happening in your schools. And I know how you're feeling, even if you're really good at hiding it. So what do we do when we feel lost? Where do we go? We just walked away from the father's house, we put a pause on our relationship with God. Where do we go? Well, I'll show you where the son went. It says in verse 20. So the son actually, he thought, I'm gonna go beg my father to come back home. I'm gonna beg to be a servant not to be his son, I'm gonna beg to be his servant. You see, instantly he thought he had this mentality that he can try to earn his way back to his father. That his father was probably so disgusted with him, so disappointed in him. So it says in verse 20, so the young son sent off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. The father saw him in his filth. He saw him in his mistakes. And what does he say? It says, in great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son. Great compassion. What does does compassion mean? It is defined as the feeling that arises when you're confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Instantly the father saw his son running towards him as a beggar and he wanted to take that pain away right away, right away. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. But here's the son, he's so confused. What is, my, what, what is he doing? I came to be a servant. I came to be a servant. Why is he showing me all this love? What is going on? Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And right there, the father interrupted him. The father father interrupted him and said, son, you are home now. Did he just call him a servant? Because I thought the son was coming to be a servant. Why did he just call him a son? The title never changed. The title never changed when he screwed up. The title never changed when he walked away. He was still a son. He was still a son. It says, turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring me the ring and seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes, the best shoes, and you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate, for this beloved son of mine was once dead, and now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found, and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy." There the son was in beggar clothes and his filth and his shame and his guilt and all his mistakes. And there there the father is putting on the very best, the best that he didn't deserve, the best that he couldn't earn. That's what the father was putting on him. And right there, he filled him with his love. He filled him with his forgiveness that always was. And he showed him that he accepts him How beautiful is that? Jesus says, are you weary? Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. Come to me and I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. He knew the world couldn't give you what only he can give you. He knew it. And right away. Right away he starts to fill you with his love. Fill you with that joy that you've been craving for. He's been he's been putting that peace in you that you've been trying to look for in so many other places. He wants to fill you with that. He knows who hurt you. He know he knows who made fun of you. He knows who made you feel lost. He knows the situations, and you know what he's saying? Come to me, come to me, because if you would come to me, you would be filled completely with an overflowing joy. Because I'm telling you guys at the Father's house, there's no lack, there's no wanting at the Father's house. You have more than enough. You will be completely content, completely satisfied. And I'm telling you right now, God is aligning friendships for you. He is aligning people in your path that you're going to walk life with. Do you believe that today? That he has your best interest in mind. He knows what's good for you. You may think that you know what's good for you, but I'm telling you, the very one who created you, I think he's doing a pretty good job at it. He knows. In just a moment, we're gonna come up for worship. And there's something specific that I want you to do when we come up. I want you to imagine yourself standing and behind you is the past. It's the people that have made fun of you. It's the people who have hurt you. It's the times that you felt lost, the specific situations that have made you feel broken. You're gonna see that all behind you. And then in front of you, you're gonna see Jesus. And he's gonna have two holes on his wrist. And he's gonna be saying, come. And when you're in worship, I want you to imagine yourself running, running into his arms. Because I promise you, in this moment, when you go into worship, I'm done going through the motions, I really am. God wants to move. He wants to move. So can everybody just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much I thank you so much for everybody who is in this room, Lord, that you know specifically what they're going through, stuff that nobody knows, that they lie awake at night and they have these thoughts and they're hurting. Lord, I thank you, Father, as we begin to worship in a moment, Lord, that your presence is going to radically transform every single person in this room. Your presence will be so evident and not one single person will walk out of this room without experiencing the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can come up to worship.